turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, if you can imagine, I, 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 know, I don't want to get you thinking about things, but where's your daughter going to get married? Uh, if you could picture that in your mind in some of your, is she going to get married at this church here? I know we've done weddings here and uh, been a part of that. And is the church going to come together? Where, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you can't think about that. That's too scary for you to think about uh, this morning. But uh, who are you going to call? Who are you going to call uh, when you have an a emergency in your home? And when I say emergency, like, I'm not talking about like uh, if there's a fire in your home, you should call the fire department. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I'm talking about is this, is who, who are you going to reach out to when life happens? Um, uh, what are you going to do? You know, uh, maybe maybe I talked about a, a wedding earlier. Where where's your memorial service going to be or your funeral? I, I'm not I'm not wanting to be morbid or anything, but I hope it's going to be here. I hope it's going to be here. I hope we can celebrate with you. I hope that uh, this relationship that we have will continue uh to the point of the end of your life and that we, you know, I hope my, my service is here. I hope that. Uh, I don't know what the future holds uh, and when that will be. But when, who, who is it that you're going to reach out to? Who is it that you're going to depend upon? Um, if you got a, how many of you got a bulletin on the way in? We print these things for you. So if you didn't get one, uh, some of you are like, ah, I don't want one. But I want to point something out to you. On the back of uh, the back of your bulletin, if you get it out right now, uh, on the back of your bulletin, uh, it says staff and elders, staff and elders. Um, these are the elders uh, for the next year, and uh, I want you to know who they are. Uh, I want you to kind of put them on speed dial, if you will, uh, for the things of your life. Um, this is God's, we're going to talk today, we're going to talk today about what it is to be church, what it is to be church. Um, and this might seem like an awkward message because I am one of the elders of Bear Valley Church. I'm, I get to be the pastor here. I get to be a part of what God's doing. Uh, but I want you to know these names. I, their phone numbers are on there. Uh, you can contact them. Uh, you can contact them to complain to them about something. Uh, you know, some of you already do. Um, you can call uh, them uh, with prayer requests. Uh, things are happening in my life. I won't want you to pray for me. That's, uh, that's what they'd love to do. That's what they'd love to be uh, participating in with you. And the reason I bring this up, uh, my, hope, my hope in bringing this up, that God will kind of connect this better, uh, that we will be a, a better church uh, than we have in the past in areas of connection uh, for all of us, uh, but specifically elders to uh, the flock here in their midst. Um, I want to, I got a lot on my mind today. Um, this last week, uh, I shared with you about Mike Boys uh, last week and his concerns, and we'll be uh, sharing in an offering at the end of our service today. For their church, there's another uh, man who's a pastor, and it's kind of a, a interesting story. 
many of you know Jo Stone. Uh, she comes to the second service. Uh, her husband was a pastor here many years ago. Well, he also was a pastor in a church in Houston. And in that church, uh, there's a man who just became the pastor two months ago. I, I know there's a, this is a complicated story I'm going to get to. Two months ago, this young man became a pastor. I think he's 40. But, you know, when you're almost 50 and you look at someone 40, you're starting to say they're a young man. But uh, anyways, this, this young man, he went to Master's College, uh, Master's Seminary. He was a part of uh, uh, many of our students here know who he was. But um, he just became a pastor in Houston two months ago. Actually, he spoke at a high school camp for our church uh, after I left in, I think, it was probably 2007 or so. He spoke for us and did a great job. Anyways, he's a pastor down at Houston, and I watched a video this week. He's been there two months, and he's standing up to his knees in water in his church, in his church. And welcome to Houston. You know, uh, he's been there two months. And and it it was interesting to think about uh, our church here in this place. I I trust that chances are we won't be in a flood, uh, mudslide maybe cut off from the rest of the world, maybe. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that wouldn't be our tragedy. Maybe a fire, maybe. Um, but uh, that phrase, uh, we need to meet together, came from Mike Boyce. Yeah, that, that idea, that picture, that they need to meet together. And so uh, it, it's hard. Um, I think some of us wait. We say, well, We'll wait to get connected to when we really need it. And I want to tell you, that's not the time. That's not the time to build your faith is to when, you know, when you really need it. Um, that, that's like working out at halftime, right? Uh, going to the weight room at halftime, knowing that you need to get stronger for the second. It's too late. It's too late. Um, and so I, I want to really uh, give us this picture this morning of connecting and preparing I also want to tell you this, that the elders of Bear Valley Church, and I shared this with you maybe a month ago, and I want to say it again. They're great elders. They're great elders. Um, We we don't need to make elders great again, okay? Uh, God has already done a work here to make great elders. And I want to tell you why they're great. I want to tell you why. I want to give you reasons why the elders of Bear Valley Church are great. Because they're humble. Because they don't think of themselves as great. Uh, because when we meet, um, they ask the question all the time, what, is, what does Jesus want for his church? Uh, they don't think of this as their church. They don't think of themselves as powerful men. They don't think of themselves as ones who uh, are cranking the wheel to their own desires. They're great because they care about you. They care about you. Sometimes the elder meetings are heavy, not because... We're dealing with budget issues or we're uh, deciding, you know, uh, whether we should resurface the parking lot or the big issues of life. They're heavy because they care about you. And as we think and we pray for some of the needs of the church, it's sometimes overwhelming. And I've watched these men care for you. They're great uh, because they love the church that Jesus bought with the price of his blood. They love this place. They're invested here. They, they're willing uh, to participate. And so I, I just want to say that, that the elders of this church are great, not because 
uh, they're great men, but because they understand to a small degree the importance of their role and they are careful, they're very careful um, as they lead here in this place. Turning back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I want to read to you <coughs> just a few verses this morning. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. We ask you, brothers, uh, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. God, we ask your blessing on your word. <coughs> we ask you that you'd make this an important time, uniting our hearts together, that we would be the church here in this place. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So as we look to God's Word, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, it's been a couple of messages uh, from 1 Thessalonians, actually the last two or three weeks. Uh, it's been messages about what happens when you die or when you're left here at the time when the Lord would return. And also the 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 picture, the confident expectation of the Lord bringing about His end times plan. Him bringing that about that we can take confidence. And the word encouragement came up twice, that we are to encourage one another about these things. And following that, I believe that God intended, the Spirit of God intended Paul to write uh, how do we encourage one another? How do we now uh, unite our hearts together? What are some steps, some practical things that we can do? And this begins it with this idea or this conversation about what it is, how you should view leadership. Um, I think I titled this message a self-serving message, and it is, and it is. And I know that, I understand that, and if you'll... Uh, Pardon me for saying it like this. This is one of those passages that's not particularly difficult, but as a pastor, you go, ah, let's just skip over it. Let's just skip over it. They'll get it, won't they? No. Uh, I've committed myself to plowing through the scriptures, and so here we are. We are, uh, the, the past two passages have kind of given the idea of two things to be watchful or sober, this idea of taking life seriously, being careful with life, and also encouraging, while being watchful, encouraging one another. And I want to tell you, it's important to encourage one another. I ended last week talking about that, right? Our job and our goal uh, in this church is that we would be an encouragement to one another. Don't think of yourself as the great discourager, okay? Don't think of yourself as the one that needs to wag your finger at everyone and point out what they've done wrong. We don't need any more people like that at Bear Valley Church. Uh, I, I've been that person before. I've struggled with that. I, I continue to. It's easier to point out where someone's gone wrong and to try to stack them up in that way uh, than it is to encourage them, to see them in the, the battles of life and say, I want to encourage you to be all that God wants you to be. I want to remind you of the confidence that we can have in our Lord. 
And so watchful and encouraging. And based upon that, he gives us, he, he begins, and we're going to uh, be in this for weeks, this, this idea of some things that we need to be doing. Remember, uh, the church at Thessalonica uh, was just a city. Paul rolls in there with uh, Silas, Timothy, and, and he comes in there and he, he shares with them the gospel. And what happens? They accept the gospel. A new church is born. And now he is writing back to them uh, to encourage them about what it is to be the church. And we can relate to that. What are we doing here? Uh, to be asked that on a weekly basis. What, am I, what, what are we doing here? Uh, he's going to give us some things that we should be doing, really some things that we should be thinking and how we should relate to one another. In our passage this morning, verse 12, it says this. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you. Okay? And my first point this morning is a respected leader. That this is uh, what you want to see the elders of your church, the, the people who are in leadership at your church. You want to see them as respected leaders. And, and you want to be the ones that are respecting them. A couple of things I would point out to you. Is first of all, he uses, we ask, we ask. And one, once again, it's this loving letter Paul writes to them. He, he loves them so much. And he says, he, he bases his appeal not upon, you must, but rather we ask, we ask. This loving request that Paul brings to this church who he loves them and they love him. Uh, I want to tell you that this whole passage is best for the church at Thessalonica. It's something that's good for them. And so he appeals to them. He, he has this loving request. I want to point out also that, uh, and I don't want to make a big point out of it, but this is uh, the picture. He says, brothers, to respect those, those. He, he doesn't say him, him. Uh, the picture of leadership in the church is always a plurality, uh, multiple leaders in a church. It's not just a, a singular uh, one who's the king of the church or the pope of the church or whatever of the church. It's not a singular person who leads the church. It's a group of men. It's a group. It, uh, and the size of the group depends on the size of the church, right? Uh, as needs increase, there. Uh, that number as well, as well as God providing. So if you can get that picture in your mind, that that's the picture. And that's what we try to emulate here. And you say, oh, shouldn't you have more? Or shouldn't you have less? Or shouldn't, I don't know. We're working on it, you know. we're. This is not something that we, it's not an exact science. It's not something where God says you need three or you need this. We're always working on these things. We're We're not perfect in these things. And so at this picture, he says this. Uh, I, I ask you to respect, I ask you to uh, remember those who labor among you, labor among you. And he's going to point out three things. And it's interesting, you can look at this from both sides, both sides. You can look at it as someone who's a part of the congregation and you say, well, this is how I should view elders. I want to tell you, as an elder, uh, you should look at this as this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is what it means to be an elder. Um, this is a picture of God's, uh, really, His design 
for his church, his local church. I want, I want to say local church again. Um, local church, this is us right here. This is us right here. Uh, we don't need to be concerned about what's going on uh, in town or down the street or in some other town or whatever. This is what God has for us right here. And I want to tell you that as a, a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to be part of a local church. And lo- local is kind of confusing now because we have cars, right? Uh, local church was simple back in the day, right? The one you can walk to. <laughs> the one you can you know, hop on your camel and get to. You know, uh, the one you can uh, uh, ride your wagon to. It, the, these are the places. It's simple. It's simple. But for us here this morning... I want to tell you, even if it's not here, even I won't be offended. I won't be offended. I, I, I want to say this. I remember um, w- one man said, I heard him say about church that uh, uh, some people view church as like club hopping, right? Uh, where you're, I, I know, last week I talked about going to bars too, didn't I? Sorry. Who knows what I'll talk about next week. Uh, but club hopping, you, this idea that you're going to the place where things are happening and you're here one night, but it wasn't that fun or maybe it didn't go so well and you didn't like the music and the right band wasn't playing. So you go to the next place because that place is more happening or the lights are, or you're all your friends are there or whatever. I want to tell you that that's not a church. That's not a church. Uh, that, that for you is a picture of wanting to get and not really wanting to connect and to be family with to be family with. I don't want to show of hands, but how many of you have gone to a family event where you didn't want to be there? I, oh, da, da, da. Uh, yeah. and, but there was a reason that you went. There was a reason that you went. Your family, right? Your family. And I want to tell you that this isn't uh, like club hopping. This is like a family. We go and we connect because we're family. Because we're family. Rough. I uh, have some of my family here today, and so I'm going to get it at lunch. So, anyways, um, uh, this is the picture—the picture of the local church that we are called to be family, connected one to another. And he says, "This respect those who are your leaders." He doesn't use the word elder here, uh, but he he calls them to respect those leaders. And it's interesting because Paul. Um, and, and his uh, two companions, they were the ones who went, they were missionaries, and they used the term labor. They talked about their labor among them, their work among them. And now uh, he uses a similar term, and uh, he, he wants to connect again, who labor among you. Uh, the willing, these new willing workers, these new willing workers who have followed weary missionaries, Okay. Do you get this picture? So Paul goes in there, sets up the church. They labored among them. They worked hard among them. And now, following them, there are new uh, willing workers in their midst. And uh, he's calling on them. How do you view these new laborers? And it's real simple uh, to maybe uh, project out in your mind. So we really like Paul. He's the one who led us to the Lord. These new people, these new guys, they're, they're not cutting it, you know. There's, I don't feel as connected. I remember Paul was there that day that I came to know him. Paul was the one who shared with me for the first time. Paul was, a, you, you realize, <coughs> excuse me, you realize that, that uh, they might not be as connected to these next people. And I want to tell you, this, uh, I'll let the cat out of the bag. This is not about 
whether you like the leaders. It's not whether you like the leaders. It's not even whether you connect with them. You like the same sports teams or you're into the same things. It's not about that at all. It's about the work of God. We'll get there, okay? But he he tells us three things about uh, what these uh, leaders are supposed to be doing. First of all, it's labor. It's labor. They are laboring among them. Now, I want to tell you... uh, I have, uh, I don't think I've ever been physically tired from being a pastor. Never. I, I've never said, oh man, you know, my muscles are sore. You know, I was picking up those big Hebrew books and uh, I, I was, re- I, you know, I really pulled a muscle the other day when I was uh, lifting up my Bible. I have a big one, you know, and uh, a study Bible, you know, and uh, I, I've never been physically tired. So when you hear the word labor, most of the time, you don't you, you think of jobs that are hard. You think of construction. Uh, you think of uh, different, uh, you know, guys who work out in the, the fields or farmers. You, you think of people who are working physically. It's interesting. And I, I think I think it's God's intention for us to connect that this is hard work. The church is hard work, uh, not because your body is physic- physically tired. But this is not easy, what God has called us to be and to be a part of. It is labor. Uh, Paul labored to establish the church, and those who were after him were part of the labor, the labor of God uh, to continue in the church. So it's labor. Secondly, uh, he says this, and I want you to see this. Look down at it in your Bibles. Uh, for those who labor among you, labor among you. Hey, before we go on, I, I don't want to forget this. It's labor among, labor among. It's not labor uh, apart from. There's not this this idea that that the elders, leaders of a church, are apart from the congregation. They are among them. Uh, we've talked in years past about the picture of sheep-like shepherds, right? And that's what we are. We're not uh, different than you. We're just like you. And so for us to be among you is part of uh, the beautiful picture of the church. And, and frankly, it's what I love about Bear Valley Church um, is that uh, chances are you'll see me during the week out and about just as you are. You'll drive by my house. You'll see my kids at school. Please tell me if they're doing something wrong. Um, privately. Don't post it on Facebook. Um, but th- this, this picture is that we are with each other. We are not apart from one another. We are with one another. Uh, and that's true for all the elders here. We live in this community. We are not part of some, some other place, other uh, situation. We don't, uh, we don't come in as a hired gun uh, in this uh, endeavor of the church. Second thing he points out in verse 12, he says, and are over you in the Lord. Over you in the Lord. Woo! That's a tough one to preach in the United States of America. Uh, we value our freedom. We value our individuality. Um, we love, we love thinking about the president working for us, whatever party he's from. <laughs> and we love the idea of saying, you know, I have a vote, I'm a taxpayer, I can throw the bum out, I can uh, make decisions, I don't have to listen to you, 
I have to listen to you. And even uh, as we consider law enforcement and military, uh, there's a, a disdain for this idea that there's any authority over me. And yet the Word of God, read it. It's in your Bible too, right? Over you in the Lord. Over you in the Lord. Now, let's talk about the in the Lord part, okay? There's no authority. There's no authority apart from the Lord's authority. And this idea is the spiritual authority uh, that's given here is not uh, where you should live, what you should, you know, what job you should have. I, I need to tell you what car you should buy. Or it's not that at all. It's it's not that. It's this picture of God saying, "This is how I've set things up. That I've I've placed leaders in the church over the church." Okay. I want to turn you over to a passage maybe that's a little bit more clear. And I don't want to, I don't usually like um, cross-referencing, but I think it's helpful for us today. Hebrews chapter 13. Please turn there. Hebrews chapter 13. Um, right before the book of James. Uh, if you're thumbing through your Bible. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. And a uh, similar passage, maybe a little bit more direct and a little bit more expanded, it says this. And, um, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Okay, I'll let you get there. Um, before I get there, I want to tell you, I think the picture here is of a middle manager. Middle manager. Okay? Uh, it's not of king over you. It's not of being the president over you. It's not of being someone who is better than, okay? I think it's middle manager type stuff, okay? Uh, God's Word says this, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they're keeping watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy, not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you, okay? So he uses two big words, obey, submit, right? And you're going, oh, I don't know about that. Um, Those are tough words. Um, Why? For they keep watch over your souls as ones who will give an account. You get this picture. Um, Middle management's not so good, right? Because you're really not the boss, but you're really not just someone who goes to work either. You're, You're held responsible for what happens for those who you're put in charge of. Some of you are in that situation at your work and you realize the discomfort of that. You can't be freewheeling because you have to, you're held accountable by someone above you and you really can't just throw up your hands either and say, I'll just do my, quietly do my job over here. You're, you're responsible. And this is the picture of leadership in the church. Uh, it, it's not theirs to do what they want. Uh, the picture is uh, God has said, I've entrusted these ones to you. Take care of them and you'll answer to me for how you take care of them. What's going on there? Uh, for an elder, this is a frightening thing. It's a frightening thing. And we realize that even in our description in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he makes it clear that this leadership that uh, is meant to be exerted, this authority even over 
uh, is not because of themselves. It's not for themselves. It's in the Lord. On the basis of your relationship with Christ and my relationship with Christ, as we are fellow sheep, as we are both answering to the great shepherd, the one who loves us, uh, we fulfill our roles. And he says, so uh, he makes this loving request for respect uh, because of their labor, uh, because of them being over you in the Lord. And then uh, the third thing he points out in verse 12, we see it, he says, uh, who labor among you or over you in the Lord and admonish you and admonish you. This word admonish uh, is a, a loving word, but it's also a, a confrontational word. It's the idea of as one speaks to one another, they are uh, giving a verbal warning of correction. And I, I want to say it this way. I, I read it and I was working through the definitions here. This includes blame. This includes blame. I don't want to say that, but I am saying it, right? This word admonish is this verbal warning. It's this loving appeal that says you're doing something wrong and you're doing it. And, and it's something that you should stop. You should stop. This is the role. This is the role of leadership in God's church. This is the role. And uh, I, I want to say this. I, I want to confess this. One that we have shirked in the past. One that I have, I have been one that I have I've, I've gone away and said, I don't want to talk about this with them. I see it. I know it. I don't want to talk about it. I want to tell you that uh, we need to work on that, both of us. But we, we need to develop uh, a relationship where I, I care for you at, so much that I'm willing to admonish you. I care so much for you. And, and you want to uh, have this I, idea that you want to be told. You want to be told. I, I get this picture of of someone, uh, especially a child, especially a child, someone, maybe not a child, but maybe uh, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grader, running towards the cliff. And and instead of saying, hey, d- don't do that, come, come over here, that's a bad deal, that's a bad deal, you're, you're about ready to do something dumb, it, it, it's not good for you, uh, it, Instead of having that attitude where we're wanting and, and willing and engaging them because we love them, uh, most of us are taking out our cell phones hoping to get it on film, right? We're, we're hoping to get a, a history of it and then post it because it, it'll be funny when they fall and hurt themselves. I want to tell you that, that the picture of admonishment in the Scriptures is because we have a loving relationship, we're willing to say, you need to stop that. You need to stop it. It's bad for you. It's bad for you. And for us to want uh, from one another even that, that inter- interjection. And, and this is what leadership is supposed to be. Uh, so he makes a loving request that they would respect their leaders. And the reason being because of their labor, because they're over them in the Lord 
and because they are called to admonish them. Verse 13, uh, some would see, see this as the same, but maybe it's another layer. Uh, he calls on them to love their leadership, to love them. God's word says this in verse 13. It says, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. To esteem them very highly. It's one of those things, and people have said this is the way Paul likes to do it. He likes to layer it in threes, uh, almost to the point of it seems ridiculous. But if you, if you count these, you go uh, to esteem them very highly. Okay? He's making this huge point, and what he's doing is he's writing it, underlining it, highlighting it, right? He wants to make uh, uh, an exceptional point. He says, I want you to love your leadership. I I want you to uh, esteem them highly, meaning the idea that in your thoughts and heart, there would be love as well, and it would come out. It would come out as you live that out, as you esteem them. Why? Uh, you might say, well, I don't love them. I don't love them. I don't have a, this affection. We don't have this relationship. We don't, uh, we, we, I don't know the elders. I don't, they don't know me. Uh, I don't have. That's got to change. That's got to change. And you say, well, I don't really connect with them. We don't have similar interests. We don't, you know. And, and he, he doesn't point to their personality or even their shared history. He points to something that should connect them, and it's their work, their work. I, I want to tell you, uh, what is the work of an elder or leader? It's the church. It's the church. That's all it is. And I, I want to tell some, I, I want to kind of go through a, a list, uh, maybe a laundry list, um, about the work of the church, so just so you know. Uh, I think that most of you know these things, but maybe... I could remind you of them. Uh, the work of a leader is in the church is the church, okay? And I want to tell you some things about it. First of all, uh, it's work. It's work. It, it is work. It's not something that comes easy. I, I think so often uh, we look at uh, things that are difficult in our world. And, and I'll be honest, uh, this is about the easiest place in the world to do church, Bear Valley Springs. It's about the easiest. Uh, I've been other places. I've been other places. I, I know other men in different locations, and it's difficult to be a part of the church, okay? Because work, it's work. Secondly, uh, this idea of the work of the church, it's difficult because it's not the possession of the leaders, it's not the possession. Um, it, it's theirs to do, but the church is the Lord's, right? Uh, so often we take a great amount of pride in lots of different things. Our home, our job, our car, our art, our sports, whatever. And, and the reason is, is because it's ours. It's ours. And the glory comes back to us. But when it comes to the church... Uh, for the leader in the church, it's not theirs by possession. It's theirs by work, but it, the church is the Lord's. Thirdly, uh, when you think about the difficulty of the church, uh, what makes it difficult is these leaders, both here and there, okay, they can't do it. They can't do it. 
Uh, m- most of you, uh, when you take on a task, one of the, the first things that you do is assess whether you can accomplish it or not. You say, uh, you know, uh, do-it-yourself projects at home, right? You, I hope you. the first question you ask is, should I do it myself? <laughs> you know, uh, Home Depot is making a fortune on people like us, right, who think that we can do it. And so we pay two or three times the same thing, you know, because we get to do it two or three times because we couldn't do it ourselves the first time or the second time. The third time's a charm. Um, the, the difficulty of the church is that we can't do it. We can't do it. There is no uh, possible way for a man to build the church of Jesus Christ. There's no possible way. No one is qualified. No one is capable. No one is able to build the church. As we move on uh, to think about the church, uh, Pastor Brandon always reminds me of this. It's in a uh, Christmas song. We'll sing it hopefully in December, not before. I know some people jump the gun on that. But uh, painful steps and slow. Painful steps and slow. Uh, When you think of the work of the church, uh, some people have said uh, difficult task or whatever. It's like watching paint dry. I want to tell you it's like watching paint dry, but slower, but slower. Okay? The, the work of the church is not this thing where our lives are changed in an instant. We, we, we've forgotten about all the sins that we've committed. We come to know Christ and we're, we're perfect. We're perfect. Boy, um, you know, uh, some of you love accomplishing things on your list and crossing them off. Um, pastors, you know what we do? I, I came to church. Cross that off your list. I, I opened the Bible. Oh, good. I did something else. I, and, and, and you look at your list at the end of the day and you say, have I accomplished anything? Talk to people. Oh, did it matter? I don't know. I want to tell you, uh, it's painful steps and slow. Um, this is difficult. Uh, while doing the work of the ministry... Elders, leaders of the church, they have to deal with themselves. That's what makes this difficult. If, if I had it all figured out or if the elders had it all figured out and all they had to do was deal with your problems, piece of cake. But while they're uh, seeking to encourage you, seeking to uh, uh, pray for you, they all, all also have their own problems that they're struggling with, the sins that they're committing. The, the things that they're struggling with, the things that God wants to work in their own heart. We move on. Uh, they have an unseen enemy. Uh, this is not done in a vacuum. We have an enemy of the church, and he's always desiring to bring us down. Makes it difficult. Also, the work is burdensome. Burdensome. Uh, sometimes... Uh, uh, you just want to get away. You just want to get away and not think about things. And I sensed this in uh, Pastor Mike uh, Boys this last week and his his desire and his desire to be a good shepherd. And yet uh, the things that he's been seeing, the the trauma in his own church and the trauma in the churches next to him and the difficulty and him being overwhelmed by that. It's burdensome. Uh, it's not just, uh, I'm done with the day, I'll go to sleep, but it, it wears on you. 
And I'll just say this. I'll just leave it with this last one. Uh, It has more gravity than life or death. It has more gravity than life or death. Sometimes we say, well, it's not a life or death situation. And I want to tell you, uh, it's not. It's not. It's eternity. It's eternity. And I realize that it doesn't depend on us. It depends on the Lord. But the gravity of that. Uh, can sometimes be paralyzing. And so as you look at this, you realize this. The Lord said, the Lord wants us uh, to love our leadership. Why? Because of their work. Because of their work. I'm going to stop there. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, this is all done in a peaceful family, but I'll pick that up next week. Uh, Yeah. sharing a time of communion. But let me pray for us, and then we'll share in a time of communion. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for being a God who loves us so much. And I I thank you for your fascinating and beautiful uh, invention of your church. That you loved us so much that you put us in connection, both leaders and people and saved people, as you gathered us together to be your sheep and your flock. And Lord, What a beautiful thing. God, do your work in us. Help us to be this kind of people. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd ask that the men would come and make ready the table as we remember the Lord. I want to tell you that as we come to this time, uh, the importance of the church, the importance of what the church is, is because of what Jesus did for you, for you. Uh, We don't gather here because we are strong and together we are strong. We gather together here because of what Jesus did in your life and saving you you, from your sins. Uh, We would just be a bunch of dead people, dead in heart people meeting together apart from what Jesus did. This is what we remember today. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, no matter what church you're a part of, uh, we're grateful that you're here today, and please participate with us as we remember the Lord. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you came looking uh, for answers today, I want to tell you there is an answer. His name is Jesus. And for you to use this time, not to partake, but to consider your own soul before God who loves you so much, and that you would... uh, Turn in that life. Turn in the life that you have made for yourself. Repent of your sins and trust in Him, the one true Savior. We will uh, pass the elements and then we will all partake together as we remember the Lord.
as Jesus met with his disciples uh, before he went to the cross, he shared a meal with them. And at that meal, after giving thanks, he took the bread and he broke it. Uh, and he explained to them that this was his body broken for them. We do this this morning remembering the body of our Lord broken on our behalf. In a similar way, Jesus also took the cup, explained to them this was the blood of the new covenant that he was making with them. We do this this morning, remembering the blood of our Lord that was spilled on our behalf. God, thank you for your many blessings. Um, 
greatest of which is the security of our salvation that you purchased the blood of your son Jesus. May we hope in that. May we be connected uh, in that, that we may be your church here in this place. Glorify yourself in us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask Brandon to come, and he's going to share about our offering that we're going to be about to take. Uh, so we, is the first Sunday of the month. We always take a benevolence offering on the way out. But this Sunday, all the funds will go uh, straight to a church in Houston. Uh, pastor Mike Boys used to be the pastor here. He's a pastor there, Christ Community Church in Houston, and uh, they have a fund set up, and so you all can give on your way out, and we trust them. Uh, they're gospel-centered. Um, they believe what we believe, and we believe that they will wisely use the money, and I know in my heart I'd much rather it go that way than um, just randomly to anyone, and so we do ask for you to give above and beyond um, what you normally give here, and uh, we trust that Mike will use it there. Um, Another friend of mine is a pastor in Houston and had a video online yesterday of him walking through two feet of water in his church, um, just as just up to his knees, just walking through his church, showing his people. And so there are real huge needs, and the evangelical community there is coming together, and so we feel like uh, they can be our boots on the ground, and we can send support. And maybe you would even pray about there might be opportunity later to go. And those with construction skills or whatever skills are just encouraging <laughs> could go. And so um, we ask that you give in that way. So thanks for considering that. And that's all for today. You all are dismissed. Thank you.